You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Orlando, uh, Bob, where are you at? Point Pleasant. Point Pleasant and Queens, New York, hardcore podcast. Uh, I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. And uh, we come to you today uh, from uh, uh, parts unknown, points uh, divergent. One of us is using a microphone. It's up to you (laughs) by the end of the, the podcast to figure out who it was. Yeah, listen, everybody. Uh, we want to give you. Oh no, Bob just turned into a ghost. A digital ghost. Hey, Bob turned into a drunk ghost. What happened? What are you talking about? I wasn't even talking. <laughs> no, it's haunted. Uh, everybody, uh, we uh, felt the obligation to bring you the hardcore reality. So uh, even from these uh, disparate uh, locales, we are we are doing the damn thing. Uh, who, who are we giving a shout out today, uh, as far as our sponsors go? <clears throat> Tom, you are on sound duty, so I'm going to say the sponsor's name, and you give us a good sound, whatever sound that might be. Are you ready? Yes. Run for Cover Records. Check out that Young Gov LP. To Live a Lie Records. Check out that Spy Habitual Offender. It's shipping now. Oh, yeah. Closed on that casket show. activities. Everybody's on that shit. Closed casket activities. Oh, yeah. Uh, everybody got to check everything out that they're doing. But that Vane FM record, uh, you guys seen the thing with the drummer and the drummers. Anyways, you got to see them on live because they got some wild stuff happening right now. And check out the LP with closed casket. And last, but definitely not least, Death Wishing. <laughs> Who uh, Trey's putting out vibes that the new Frail Body LP is going to be on some like album of the year type shit. So I'm very curious to hear that. Thank you to all our sponsors. We'll get them later. Go order stuff from them. Tell them we sent you. Guys, how we doing? How we feeling? Uh, I'm. It's, I think it's, like, it's it's 90 degrees and uh. Uh, <laughs> it's <coughs> uh, Orlando. Everybody, you might hear the legitimate sounds of Orlando, and that's because uh, I'm in a school parking lot. It's the only place I could find that was quiet. Dude, you arrested. Uh, yeah, I, that's the thing. It's actually a closed school, so I'm trespassing on two mm. levels right now. So, uh, at any rate, the uh, the do you think the that's how that laws works, work? Do you think that's how how it works? That like you shouldn't be trespassing on a school, and you shouldn't be trespassing in a closed down place. So you're doubling down. I think it. I think you get double jeopardy. You're fine. No, no, no. I think, I, Tom will tell you. I think this is uh, charges on charges. Uh, well, but the, yeah. I'm pretty the, sure the, me and you have gone to the exact same amount of law school. So we'll leave it all to Tom. <laughs> I've watched an incredible amount of Law and Order. So me too. The 
Uh, Pat, you sound good. Then, I just want you to know you sound really good. Are you being sincere? I can't tell. No, you're coughing like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Listen, your audio, I, um, your audio fidelity is fine, but the coughing is uh, weary. I have not been well. People that have seen us can, can attest to this. Uh, I have not been well in probably two and a half weeks because oh. going, going to bed at 2 a.m. every night to wake up at 8 a.m. To, dri- to immediately drive uh, and spend all of your time going, hey, everybody, this is me bitching about tour. Uh, spending all your time going from like very specific types of uh, mini biomes. So like hotel rooms yeah. that, ha- that have like are either super dry or the, you know what? You, you think a, a hotel room, oh, it's super dry. I'm going to wake up with that weird cough thing going on. But yep. I'll tell you, there's nothing more disturbing than a wet hotel room. Which I've had twice oh, oh, oh. on this, twice on this tour. Uh, look, to our to our listeners that are with their families, everybody cover your ears, cover your children's ears for one second. We had one hotel room that was so pungent of cum that I I I, I seriously I gagged. And cum doesn't bother me; it's not like a disgusting smell. No. But, but like when it's thick, when I feel like it's like like I'm moving through the miasma of cum. It's not, it's not, it's not good. So it's like that porn one division, like when she's trying to get into the real world. Yes. That was the cum world for me. Right. And it was, it was, it was very terrible. Anyway, point is I haven't felt good in a long time. Uh, I thought I had COVID, but then I took the test. I got no COVID. Uh, So I'm just a sick, a sick little dude, you know? Yo, let me, let me throw my, my theory out right now. This is uh, science. Uh, fact, I guess. Science. Yo, everyone is sick right now. Like that's true. Like with whatever it is, there's some stuff going on, but also the world's opening up. Yo, everybody's immune system's been weak. This is this is doctorate level zero here. Um, no, but it makes sense. But I, but you know, yeah, right. Just on a basic level, I think everybody's kind of cross contaminating and Patrick. I just traveled too, and I was like, "Oh, you know what? I think for people who are traveling, this is also even more severe because you're entering places like we all had our own. You know, think about this: the 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 level of modern convenience travel that it used to happen was constant. So we were all sharing these little drug ecosystems, uh, drug uh, illness ecosystems, and now we aren't." But now we are again. And so I think you're just, it's just, uh, it's a real battle of the wills. And you're on the front line. And so Patty's, he's Patty no days off either. Yeah, no, it's, tomorrow is our first day off and it's it's a 14 hour drive. Not first yeah, day off. It's our first day off in like two weeks and it's a, uh, a 14 hour drive. off on Monday, bro. <clears throat> yeah, you know what? We were always the type that even when we had days off, we would fill them. Uh, and I guess we'll probably still continue to do that for some time, but, uh, it is getting tempting when you're, when you're down bad, when you're sick as fuck, it is tempting to be like, yeah, can we, can we maybe just hang in the hotel room for an entire fucking day? Uh, but that we haven't had that occasion on this tour. It does, right? Nice. ESPN, ESPN, I'm doing that all weekend. Yes. Although, Yo, I think I think all three of us will say ESPN in a hotel room, especially if you're by yourself. Yo, that's the vacation. That's it. I don't Amazing. have to do anything. 
Yeah, although, fellas, I, I, you can tell me because you're more plugged in on the sports world than I am. Is ESPN ass now? It really feels yes. like not not near – like, I used to look forward to an ESPN hotel evening, and now I'm yeah. like, eh, eh. <laughs> no, they go to the, ba- you know, the baseball channel. No, so exactly. The, the, the specialty sports channels are the way to go now because yes. they actually get all the highlights, and ESPN has been severely limited by them so they have these like drip drafts of highlights and then lots of talk on like well you know chris weber tweeted and let's get some talking heads and yeah yeah and if you if you nap enough you will wake up at the same point in the same espn uh, same sports center like four times oh yeah and you're like oh cool oklahoma state beat fucking uh, you know ou 54 42 guy all right got it Exactly like I, right. Then I feel like exactly a bookie. Right. I know every score. I go, what, what's the action on Gonzaga? I got everything. <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, tour has otherwise seemingly been very good. Is this right, Patrick? Uh, yeah, actually, it's it's been lit as hell. Thank you to anybody that came out. It's uh, I came out. <clears throat> you did come out. I appreciate you very much. Tom. I support I, you. I, I apologize that I big timed you by having to piss. I, yeah, I mean, big time. Yeah, outside the venue. Wait, 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 wait. What? What's the story? No, just, Tom was like, "Yo, let's meet up." I was like, "Yeah, okay." And I round the corner. He's there, and I was like, "I was like, all right, Tom, I gotta pee." Yeah, <laughs> I like, pee so bad. Damn. Yeah, like Damn. I'm on Myrtle Avenue in fucking Bushwick, and I'm talking to my buddy Brendan, who I'm at the show with, and uh, and you know, I mean, I quite honestly, and this is full transparency, I like Pat. And yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, and I like yeah, Bob. Yeah. So, like, if I happen to be in Bob's like general area, I'd be like, "Hey, buddy, yeah. like, I'm down the street. Come hang if you can." You know, like, I'd love sure. to see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're actually yeah, friends yeah. on this thing. So I was like, "Oh, he's in town. Maybe I'll see him." You know, he, you know, he thankfully got us in because it was a sold out concert on a Saturday night in Brooklyn. Woo! You know, That's fucking hot. six, seven hundred kids in Brooklyn, no big deal. Um, I, I couldn't. I went in there. I was like. I felt like I was in like a fucking in a John Hughes movie. It felt like it was fucking 16 candles in a mosh pit. Um, but yeah, so Pat turns the corner in his fucking bright yellow fucking safety vest or whatever the fuck. His, his high viz. Yeah. And he goes, oh, hey, Tom. And I'm like, hey, buddy. So I introduced him to my friend, Brendan or whatever, whatever. And we talked for like three minutes. And he goes, I really got to pay, man. And I'm like, okay. And then he's like, I'll catch you in there. Wow! Wow! <laughs> listen, listen, I think listen. he gave me like the finger guns and like that, like when he left. Like, no I was like, guns. "Fuck this guy, man!" Like, <laughs> listen, wow. when I got yeah. when I got a piss, I got a piss, and that extends to anybody that I just walked by. I did. I'm not big time at anybody out here. I just you know, what Pat did. Food. Pat did the way like he, you know, like when you see like a famous person and they don't want to be, they don't want to interact. They like yep. look, but they're not focused anywhere. They're just oh, like yeah. ahead. That's what Pat did to me. Damn. So he's Damn, like, and then dirty. if you know, like, you know, like you know, like if you know a famous dude like that, that or a famous woman that doesn't want to be bothered, do you have to like kind of be like, hey, we're friends. I've known you since grammar school, kind of shit. You have to like step in their gate. That's what I had to do to Pat. Yep. He was just like, I'm not looking at any of these fucking people. I'm I'm just trying to get to my backstage area. Damn. Damn. were like chicken. There was like it was like a chicken coop, the backstage area. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I look. <laughs> I'm sure we talked about this on the last episode. What room you got to fill to get a real green room? What what size room is it? Just let me know, and I will become that. 
I will become that big. I will make sure the band becomes big enough that we can have a reliable green room night to night. I think you're in that general vicinity, but not in New York. You need more rap. You need more rap parts. More. Uh, Apparently, I'm in some fucking dungeons on this shit. And we're filling decent sized rooms. And it's like, I cannot believe the places that like, uh, uh, look, respect to the places that had us, particularly respect to the promoters. But let me say, if there's can, like bare, there's bare minimum. Yeah, can I get a coat of like, paint? Can I get a coat of paint? No, no, I don't need a coat of paint. I need light. <laughs> we've, we've, we, we've played two venues where the green rooms had like the type of light. It was a Saw movie. You know what I mean? Like there was yeah. no fucking light. And it, 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 I just don't understand. Like one dude on the last tour, actually, that, that was the Citizen tour. Citizen had the, the good sense to just go, hey, brother, can we just give you a couple dollars to go get a light bulb? Is that a thing we can do? And, <laughs> wow. And like, wow. And like, you know, dude, dude did come back with a light bulb and, and figured it out. But like, it, it's wild that any venue would be like, hey, I know what, I know what a band wants. They want to put things down and then never find them again because that's how dark the room is. That's what they want. They're like, yo, what, you have, uh, sorry, one job. You got one job. <laughs> then, right, like, I know you think, I know you think it's to sell alcohol, but it's actually to, to make, make me sure feel to, good, to make Patrick feel validated. Now, do you think uh, here's a way that we can rectify this? Mm. And this is, this is my question for you. Do we need more people in the biz, whether it be musicians, you know, merch people owning venues? Oh, good question. So I would have said yes, but some of the more brutal venues I've played, it goes both ways. I've played. Uh oh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've played artist owned venues that are very, they're down, They, they get it and all that. And then I've played artist-owned venues where, uh, you know, I don't want to, I'm not in anybody's pocket. I'm not trying to like uh, tell people how to uh, run their business, but it feels like maybe the, you know, six to $12,000 that you might need for a build out of some type is just, that's, that's not on the docket this year. You know what I mean? That's not, <laughs> that's sure. not going to happen this year. So like it, it, it goes both ways. Uh, in principle, yes, because uh, everybody would understand, oh, hey, the, the green room. So you need a means to get to the stage uh, that doesn't send you through the crowd. That seems like very 101, right? But then a lot of places the, are, do not have that. I would say mm-hmm. 65% of places do not have that. I mean, like one of, you know, I've, I've gone to St. Vitus and watched very famous people walk from the downstairs backstage area like through the like you know fucking milo's walking by me to get to the stage right yeah yeah and and here's the thing you guys can be honest with me i i i will take no exception to whatever you say am i a little too high on myself that i feel like like uh, having to like navigate uh, like i'm not like the dude that just pushes people out of the way so my like Excuse me, excuse me, sorry, excuse me, pardon me, excuse me. Like, is that, that's, that's like not the best vibe, right? That's no, not it's very, like, as a man of larger carriage who takes up more yeah. room to get through that space, that shit sucks. It's fucking that really sucks. annoying. It's all, it's really it annoying. 
<laughs> and so, as and a person it, who, you know what? None of my bands are as big as Pat's, as big as Drug mm. Church is right now. I can say mm. that. There's right no, well, no. I mean, you're, you're as big as any band I've ever been in, easily by by a long yeah. shot. We're not drawing fucking 500 people anywhere. No, but 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 I, but I think I honestly think that in most Precious Bloods moment, you you were st- you were steady as it went. So far as I could tell, yeah. you could tell you could tell stories about like oh, there's 40 people at this show and blah blah blah. But I think honestly, you were steady going for like longer than a lot of the bands in that scene. And I know I know you exited that band before they kind of entered their monster truck phase but like it's like you know like i it, it, i would say steady going anyway anyway but my point being even like as someone who doesn't play often now there is nothing worse in the world than not having somewhere to just like hang out yeah like listen. to be like i'm posted up at like the merch boot merch area or just like kind of walking around we played a festival years ago um one of our first show, well, early show back, and the backstage area is being used for uh, music video. So literally, our back, like where we sat for like six hours in the bleach, like the blaring sun, was Bago the the like the back of Bago's car leaning on a like a like a Johnny pump, like a fire hydrant. Yeah, listen, wow. listen not our there. best, not our best performance. When we finally got up there, <laughs> FYI. Well, well, here's the thing. Sunstroke. It was fucking terrible. Yeah. If if the van feels like a better alternative green room, that's terrible. you're doing uh-huh. you're doing something wrong. You know what I mean? Because I was just in the van for seven hours, so like, I, and it's not because I love it. So 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 if right. if you're in that if you're in that space, you're just doing something wrong. And look, I don't want to sound ungrateful because I appreciate all the venues that had us, and it, sometimes it just literally is what it is. But uh, if we're just here kvetching, uh, there's there, I could make a, I could make some lists. Here's you know, my question, yeah. Pat. Here's my another yeah. question for you. I've been uh, in the uh, YouTube um, van life build out kind of thing going on. <clears throat> oh, nice. Do you think DC is at a, sp- a point that they're they could maybe you know get a sprinter, fucking build it out and make it you know a, a, a green room that is consistent whether it be in Oklahoma city or Miami or LA or. Well, this is not a, this is not a flex of any type for anybody that's listening. uh, Bob and Tom are very kind about drug church. uh, But Mm. I, as I tell people all the time, if it takes you 10 years to get to the place that you're, you're marginally like you're making the income of like a 26 year old. uh, It's, it's, you know, take take it with a grain of salt. I'm not I'm not trying to flex on anybody by by, by having like a tiny moment where people like my band. So, uh, the, all this is to say, uh, the, our guarantees uh, are are getting nicer. So, uh, Tom, to to that question, it's conceivable. Uh, however, uh, I would probably rather be uncomfortable and take the money. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's <laughs> like, fair. That's totally fair. Uh, you know. But, you know, I, I, I think that that type of I've talked to a great many band people who are like, yeah, listen, my comfort is worth every fucking dollar. I'll I'll whatever. Like, I know a band that shouldn't be in a bus anymore. They still ride a bus everywhere. And it's not because like it's not to flex. It's just because they're like, you can't go backwards. If you go backwards, you just you, your back hurts. You feel like a you, you feel like a schlub. 
just yeah, your point. mental your mental right. state might be really rough if you're we're touring in the in the bus and now you're in a 15 passenger right going over like, your yeah. like, dude day three might be really rough where you're like oh my god what the fuck am i doing damn um, right. you know or you rather just go home to your six roommates but like be touring in a fucking you know yes a big yeah, ass bus. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, I mean, I, listen. I, can we? You heard it here. Pat that? is on the next drug church tour. Is a bus tour. Mm. No, it, it, definitely no bus. You need to have a generator outside and water chilled to the artist's discretion. <laughs> yeah, I'd be happy just to get enough waters. Uh, water apparently is part of our uh, uh, supply chain problems is uh, water at the moment. Because, uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I'm not getting nearly enough. All right, enough bitching about that. Uh, can we talk about uh, Kevin Seconds getting too real on Maine? Is that is that is that yeah. what talk? Let's let's talk about it. So so set the set the stage. The ambush begins. Go ahead. Uh, okay, so uh, Kevin Seconds, uh, a, a gentleman that we've talked about a great deal. We probably talk about Seven Seconds more than any 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 other podcast uh, going. And reverence, uh, love, and respect for Seven yes. Seconds. Yeah, and for a lot of reasons that we've enumerated many times, but a big part of it is that for a number of years, it just didn't feel like they were getting the love that they deserve as not just a, a one of the seminal sort of hardcore punk bands, but also a truly great band for many records. So we've gone through it, but uh, Kevin uh, at one time was like top tier performer. I couldn't speak to it now. I haven't seen uh, like, you know, he's an older gentleman. I haven't seen the seven seconds lineup, but uh, literally the dude that was, that cared how he sounded. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Which is like not normal for a lot of hardcore vocalists. So shout out to him. Uh, but he is doing a tour right now. I think uh, it's a rot- It might be a rotating opener or not opener support for circle jerks. Is that correct? It's, yeah, it's, it's negative uh, approach. It's negative approach. Okay, so uh, that is, in my view, a really great tour, but I don't, I, I have literally no idea how it's doing. I don't know what the interest is. I have to imagine that the majority of people coming out are, you know, 38 plus, you know? Uh, it used to be but, doing quite well. Oh, that, well, that's fantastic. Like Glad selling out here. places. They're two nights, they're doing two nights at Irving Plaza in the city. Okay, yeah. so that, that makes what I'm about to say now even more interesting, I think which is Kevin Seconds on his Instagram just let, had a caption that was uh, very uh, vulnerable, which, which was just, I think I want to go home. Uh, and it wasn't on some bitter shit. It was on some, I'm, I'm tired and physically uncomfortable and would like to be in the company of my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of shit. And it was a very, it was too honest. Like if I'm going to, if I'm going to, uh, you know, RIP to John Joseph's uh, Instagram, which I understand got banned recently. <laughs> so, don't, don't worry he has two or three others legitimately yes. so. but here's my point is the world the social media world wasn't built for 50 plus year old men that's just what it is right like some of them can use it better than others but it's i mean truthfully it's not built necessarily for me it's it's uh it, it's built for people that are slightly younger than me and probably all the way down to children now right but like 50 plus you start to struggle a little bit and one, yeah, i mean he, those, he spent his 61st birthday on tour yes and his 30th wedding anniversary yeah, yeah. which by oh. which by the way shout out to both those things when i saw that it was his 30th uh, incredible uh, 
Hey, that's incredible. Uh, a, a deep respect for that. Back to the point, he just got very open. And I don't want to say there's something wrong with it. I just want to say that it's like you have to like John Joseph, I feel like, you know, he's he's bitched about shit in a way that's not flattering before on occasion. But for the most part, I think he understands he's going to get banned at some point. You know what I mean? And meanwhile, I don't know if I don't know if Kevin Seconds understands that 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 like being vulnerable in that space. In my view, as a guy who has had every type of relationship with the Internet, uh I think it's never really very good. <laughs> you don't got to be a rock. You got you don't got to be like a hard man all the time. But I think letting people know that that you are at all bothered or at all sad or whatever is I don't want to use unbecoming because then our listeners that like get very deep on the internet are going to feel like I'm clowning them. But I just feel like isn't it, it appropriate like, for him though to do this of anybody? Well, you know what? He's been earnest for uh, 40 years. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, if anybody, maybe him, but I'm just saying that like, like I told somebody this, I was talking to somebody about this and they said, damn, that's not a good energy for getting people to your show. <laughs> so I said, I said, yeah, I, that's kind of how I feel about it. And maybe I'm just in showman mode. You know what I mean? Maybe I should be like a little bit more vulnerable, but like to me, it's just kind of a like, Oh uh, yeah, you know, like, like save that for the wife, save that for the diary. You, you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't. It do, you don't gotta. You don't gotta tell total strangers. Is that is that got, fair? Or do got, you well, no, I got a question for the room on that because I, I think we, uh, the three of us collectively on a personal level, have entered an interesting place with our our social media usage. You know, and uh, I mean, sure, I, m- mine is at an all time low. Well, right, yeah, which is a good thing. But even that, I mean, I mean, our our participation in terms of like posting, it's almost purely promotional and or things we're doing, less irreverence and less like actual stuff to interact with. Do you think that's is that an accurate thing to say? Hundred percent on on my part. And Tom, uh, how do you feel about it? No, I think so. Yeah, and I think it, it's it's. <laughs> It's become a cesspool, and I yeah. think he he's probably new enough to it that he doesn't realize the, like the darkness that is actually out there. Well, and he's using it right, like you're 100 percent right. He's using it in this kind of like how it was. Na- yeah, well, it's like an innocent, yes, naive, sure, uh, honest way. Which, like, to be real, like let's let's call a spade, a spade in the best possible light. Those things all describe a certain element of Kevin Seconds appeal, right? Is that like, this is a dude who's honest on Maine, who's bearing his emotions and was pretty unafraid to do so throughout seven seconds career of like, yeah, you know what? I'm, I'm feeling like a new wind now, you know, let's go praise. Let's go, you know, credit to him keeping that same energy, but you're not wrong. Also it's, um, it's tough. It's tough to see people go through that and put it online. And especially when the online culture has just become LOL GTFO, right. you know, right. <laughs> like, Old man sad. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. 
But I think uh, yeah, him, like, yeah, if, yeah, if, if, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No. Go I ahead. mean, if this was John Brandon being like, fuck this, I want to go home to Detroit, you'd be like, yo, man. Hope he's all right. <laughs> but I feel like from the get-go, from any experience I've ever had with the, the person with his music, with his live shows, with everything, like he's a pretty open dude. And to be 61, married for 30 years, I'm like haven't been home for that. You know, you've always been home for those milestones in the last probably 15 years or so. And now you're not. And this is a fucking long-ass nope. tour. I thought Patrick's tour was long. Yo, this you is got, like a two-month tour. You got yeah. nothing on Keith Morris, my man. <laughs> shout, out, shout out to Keith Morris. As long as it's not off, I'm, I'm good with him. <laughs> Dude, um, I mean, they, the tour started March 17th. And it's, um, I mean, it's off and on. It goes through April 30th or May 1st. So, I mean, for a bunch of 60-something-year-old human beings out there, from March 17th through May 1st, and then there's another, Jesus. like, West Coast leg, leg for another, like, three weeks. Jesus. Oh, like, that's God. impressive. Now, now you got to yeah. figure, is this being billed as, as a kind of a, a goodbye to Circle Jerks? Or, like, I, I don't really know. No, no it's, just, it's just a, like, punk mega powers tour you know what i mean and yeah like they've had reissues done yeah yeah i think that's a big part yeah. of it both bands i will say exactly. this and, and circle jerk yo merch for these bands fucking fire seven seconds merch like i might need to go to the show just to buy some of the seven seconds shirts they're so good there's this one that's just the like classic seven seconds logo repeating down the front different colors it looks so good. I'm I'm impressed. So shout out to whoever did that. Circle Jerks merch looks really good too. Negative approach. I don't even know their merch shouldn't be nothing except the white T-shirt with the seven-inch cover on it. But yeah, like uh, it all looks good. It, it's it, big shout out to that. They did cancel their their jersey show though. Oh, they did. <clears throat> they canceled Vermont. I think J- Jersey, Boston, and Philly because Keith Morris has COVID. Oh. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, and then they're like, hey, you know, the openers are struggling. You know, the openers, negative approach and seven fucking seconds. You know, like, so if you want to buy, like, these, like, signed tour posters to help them through, like, these days Dude, off, I'm like. That's what that was? Oh, my God. Oh, man, we should book, uh, we should maybe ask Grant needs to present uh, a negative approach seven second show. Come on. Somebody get on that. Um, yeah, so. so yeah, hey, swank. Yeah, I know. Come on. Short style punk night. Um in summation, uh, yes, it's a little too much on Maine, but I wouldn't have that. I would never, ever, ever ask that dude to change for the sake of uh, the ugliness that social media culture is. I agree. Yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I mean, he, he, Ernest is his vibe and his appeal, and you're either with it or not. And at this point, yeah, listen, let's give him credit. He lives on planet Earth. Maybe he knows. I, I, I'm just, you know what, why maybe I'm being a bit sensitive about this? I, I, I'm not going to repeat it. I just saw something very ugly a short time ago about somebody in, sure. in our community where somebody, somebody's in a bad way and the, the top comment was something that would get your face kicked in. And it, w- it was like, oh, somebody's always got to say something negative yeah. as fuck. Yep. <laughs> you know yeah. mean, like, Dear listeners, DM me. I will not know what Pat is talking about. <laughs> like, no, I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you when we're off. Yeah, You're not going to, and then I'm going to get DMs and texts. Like, what's Pat mean? I got 17. What's the the fun band that Pat's going on tour with next? 
Oh, right. Yeah. I'm your PR I'm guy. Pe- I, I'm glad people care. That's nice. Yeah, cool. You're welcome. <laughs> Yo, um, I got I got a question for you guys. Um, so so one of the ideas that, that uh, I'm pitching, but we didn't really have proper time for us to, to air it out is is let's let's rack our brains. We've had a lot of ideas. We had a lot of opinions that we've put out here what, where we were wrong. And uh, and I think that's always fun. It's always fun. Just a life lesson. It's fun to self-evaluate. If you do that enough, these dickheads in the street can't do it to you because you already did it to yourself. So, right, it's like eight mile, like when Eminem points out all the shit that's fucked up about his life. Yeah, and then the guy is like, "Oh, I can't say anything. You already said everything." Boom. So we're gonna do that soon. But in the spirit, I wanted to throw one out because I I I had a conversation with a a friend uh, a couple weeks ago where we kind of got to this point and, and it's relevant to have this. Uh, I think we've talked about this. We actually talked about how we thought melodic hardcore was kind of on an upswing. And I don't think we were totally wrong. We've definitely seen a few bands who are a little more on the melodic side, tick up or have a kick up a little more interest. One step closer being one of them. Praise has their new LP coming out on rev. And I think people are pretty hyped on that. Um, and there's, there's a, a good grip of other bands doing that, but outside of One Step Closer, <clears throat> we haven't seen like a big sweep and an uptick in that stuff. Rather, we've seen a big sweep and uptick in like faster, chaotic hardcore, which uh, I'm I'm not mad at at all. But where we have seen the popularity swell is in the adjacent world, right? And yeah. that is almost undeniable i think and it's not like we haven't talked about that being like hey yeah this stuff you know seems to be gaining ground my my question to you guys is is the adjacent world of hardcore hardcore adjacent is it not a separate lane but actually the evolution of where a lot of mainstream hardcore is going Oh wow, that that's an interesting question. Yeah. I I feel I'm not gonna excuse myself from the conversation, but I well, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of uh, uh bias. <laughs> in, in, well well in so my... so so you're I wanna put it out there for both of you guys. We are seeing, and we talked about it a few weeks ago, and I, I, I Tom, you might have got some feedback on this too. I, I got a, a like shit ton. The clean cut, hardcore like fastball hardcore kid. Uh, Twelve years ago, we would have said it was a bridge nine kid. Maybe nine, eight, nine years ago, we would have said it's a triple B kid. Even five years ago, yeah. maybe we would have said just a triple B kid. Um. That person doesn't really totally exist anymore in the numbers that they did. And we sort of opined and said... I can tell you from being out here right now, that's very, very true. (laughs) That that is like, that that person is... uh, And look, for the people that are... are uh, They're on the endangered species list, whereas the youth crew is like on the like extinct like like almost extinct list right 
Yeah, but um, hold on, Bob. Bob, for for our listeners who are uh, uh, perception impaired and and struggle mm-hmm. with some shit, maybe explain that we don't mean that Triple D is not hot. We don't. No, mean no, no, no. That, that we don't mean that Bridge Nine couldn't put out a good record. Now, what we mean is there was a look and a, and a type of person who was a collared, right? A plaid collared shirt. Yep. High and tight. Mm-hmm. Haircut, not a ton of facial hair. Nope. Soft Maybe they have, yeah, sort of fashionable jeans, or right. could be wearing cargo shorts. Um, if they aren't wearing the button down, they might have a band shirt that has a live photo on the back. You know what I mean? Um, and Patrick's right; those things were just associated with those labels and this and that. You know. And there's been a lot of different iterations and eras. In fact, when you look at Triple B doing just as well as it ever has, but you look at some of the hottest acts on Triple B, all on the harder side of hardcore. So that, that, that's right. That's that's the relevant point to me. That, that's yeah. the part that like is worth hammering. Is so, these are still these are still Triple B acts, but if you compare. And it might honestly be the same kid. That would be an interesting question. Is it well, no, well, kid? so here's the thing. It, it, it could be, but, but as they get older, they get into different things. So it, it, you see some of that graduation into a harder sound or just a, a drifting that way kind of stream of things. We're seeing that realm. But I think all three of us can acknowledge there is a certain brand of hardcore kid who might dabble with that, but that's never going to be their main course. They might order that as a side, but that's not their meal. And what I'm saying is there's never going to be the numbers on people who make that their meal are never the same as the numbers who made the, like the mainstream mainline fastball pitch, hardcore kid into just strictly heavy, hard, like, crowd kill style hardcore you know do you think everyone's just meeting in the middle i don't i think that it's drifted i think and it's the reason i ask is because i think it's kind of this interesting question i think there's been some gravitational pull putting this putting our friend out on on main pat flynn singer of half heart half heart is a perfect description of a clean cut band bit Clean cut. This is the this is the fastball pitch, mainstream hardcore band. They're fast enough for hardcore kids. They have mosh parts. They have the big sing-alongs. Da da da. But you know that's that's a great example of that kind of a band. He sings for Fiddlehead now, and Fiddlehead. We all could sit here and call them hardcore or not hardcore. But they certainly fit more in the weird hardcore adjacent category that we've developed. In a post-title fight world, in a post-slash-living-in-turnstiles world, hardcore's bent. And I'm not saying it's worse off. I I think it's interesting. And it's like, we've talked about hardcore adjacent stuff as a separate, like, uncanny valley at different points. But I think that that's now the main line. And 
it has become the evolution when previously we had seen it as, you know, maybe we were, you know, the, the Cro-Magnons and this is, you know, Homo sapiens coming along. And the first handful of Homo sapiens are like, oh, look at those weird things. Huh. <laughs> and now everybody's a Homo sapien. And we're like, oh, shit, that's what it is. Um, and I think we're going to see more and more of that. And in fact, we are seeing more and more of this blending and crossbreed and like bands who 15 years ago, it would be kind of like, Oh, are they a hardcore band? Sonically? It's a little more melodic or it has more rock elements or it's a little more developed style wise. But now it's like, nah, that's, that's where we're at right now. So yeah, I guess that's what I meant by like, thoughts. yeah. I think that's kind of what I meant by like meeting in the middle because like, there are almost like no more like blank kids for the most part. Like the first thing that yes. when you mentioned that, the first thing that came to my mind was that no pressure and tsunami are doing a European tour. Yes. Lifetime wasn't <laughs> taking out bulldoze. Uh, per- perfect. Yes. Correct. So I think like, you know, or like, you know, like uh pain of truth is playing like this, like giant, festival in texas mm-hmm. um where it's like you know there's like a hardcore day a rap day or or no there's a rap rap um stage a hardcore stage and like a pop punk stage but like they're playing with like newfound glory and this and that like that would have happened 15 years ago 20 years ago mm-hmm. but i think like well there's a mixture of like people like saves the day and like fucking and like fucking earth crisis where there were times that that didn't really exist. Well, and perhaps even something that we're saying is that the canon of being a hardcore kid has never been broader, you know, because you're right. Like now I bet all three of us, Tom, you're someone who likes saves the day and earth crisis. I'm assuming. That's correct. Patrick liked earth crisis. I like saves the day. There were intersections. Tom, you're in the Venn diagram. You're in the intersection. But that was a perhaps exception. And now it's sort of just like, yeah, man, like you might not love Earth Crisis, but you're not denying them as part of like the sound. It's it's almost hard to not include them when and and then you move that. We we we're using references from 20 years ago, even. Right, right, right. But you move that dial, and it's like, look there's someone who can there's someone who could deny code orange in their current state as being a hardcore band or being relevant and like those are all fine conversations etc not not for now not for this conversation but what i do want to say is like yo code orange i am king is undeniable in that when you go back for the 10 years between 2010 and 2020 not only was it a very popular record, it was a very influential record. And we are still feeling it now. Absolutely. And and the same can be said for Turnstile. And the same can be said for Power Trip. And the same can be said for Incendiary. And all these things. And they trace back those roots out. And we just have this really broad dirt of sound. So now, of course, the current wave of bands is going to have a really broad range of sounds coming out. And it's kind of fascinating to see 
how in relative relatively how quickly that has moved for better or worse you know patrick chime in here as the uh, the resident who is out there in the streets <laughs> well i'm gonna say i'm being eaten alive by mosquitoes in a, a public park in orlando i am uh, i'm gonna say that i here's why i'm not fully on board i was sold by your premise to start but there, here's my pushback I haven't seen enough young people bands occupy that space. What we're, we're seeing a, a number of like, you know, hardcore success, relative success. This is still small bands we're talking about that um, from the older, older fellows. And when I say older fellows, I mean like 35 plus. So we're talking about mm-hmm. the, the uh, angel dust, uh, uh, drug church, uh, uh, fiddlehead, uh, <clears throat> turnstile. Uh, so like these aren't necessarily young men, you know what I mean? Like that we're talking. Well, about. let me, let me give you one under the age range, no pressure, sure. which Tom mentioned. Uh, Poppin yes. Could, sure. could have been considered a pop punk band. However, by a lot of people, however, they play squarely in hardcore shows and self-identify as such. Okay. That's a good point. Here's what I would say no pressure could conceivably be a wave i i don't know you know what i mean I, it makes sense that it would be uh those shows are popping off uh but i i just don't know yet because this is seemingly the march of of time is that pat flynn was in have heart then he was in a number of bands that were like very intentionally niche and, mm-hmm. and then uh which we don't talk about enough. Maybe we've mentioned it once or twice. That's that's to his credit as an artist. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't interested in chasing the big thing time and time again. You know what I mean? So, uh, sure, he, for sure. You 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 do the thing that is uh, interesting to you for a number of years, and then you find a thing that is uh, melodic, often post-hardcore. Uh, your roots are very clearly on your sleeve. Uh, but it is a different thing. That well, and let's let's pause. Let's pause real quick, uh, and just because in the spirit of any episode could be someone's first. Uh, for anyone out there who has heard Fiddlehead and enjoys Fiddlehead, you should give some time and attention to Pat's band Sweet Jesus, which is not the same and not close. However, if you like how raw and emotional and kind of pulling that Fiddlehead can be. Sweet Jesus might hit those same notes. So, brief interlude. Please continue. Sorry for interrupting. No sweat, uh, and that's a fact. So, the uh, uh, th- this the way that this has always gone is you have your Walters, and then you have your dude from Phobia, and it, it, this is on the extreme end of things. You have the the person that is pursuing different a different sound. Some people might write it off. I mean, look, when I was a young when I was a young dude going to hardcore shows, I didn't have time for quicksand. I barely had time for Fugazi. You know what I mean? And yep. and Fugazi Fugazi made it in on a technicality because Minor Threats like my favorite band. You know what I mean? So like technicality that I that was open to to Fugazi. The point is, <clears throat> you've got that artist usually uh, who is on the the fringe of hardcore if they can even be considered hardcore, and then you have the kind of elder statesman who doubles down on the sound that 
they popularized or they helped a, a pioneer or, or you, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, Yo, it, it, I do. I do. And I'm going to, I'm going to prove my point by asking you a question based on your st- statement. Who, what band young or old would you say is on the fringe of hardcore sonically at this point? Uh, I, I, if your point is to illustrate that any answer I give, you could probably nudge just slightly in and it would be squarely into what people think as well, hardcore. Well, and, and it, it is, it is, but it also is that I just, I have a hard time and please chime in. I have a hard time picking out that fringe band other than bands. Like, look, I used code orange. They're clearly pushing into a different place and want to be in a different place. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a band who you, who people would go, that's not hardcore. And I'm not talking about some old fuddy duddy. I'm talking about someone who's active, who's listening to this podcast and cares about the music that's going on right now. I think it would be really hard. Like, I'm Tom, do you have any bands you go, yo, their sound is kind of on the fringe outside of this? Yeah, I mean, it's funny. Like, I, I there's a million fuddy duddies that are like, you know, fucking turnstiles, not hardcore, we're, but we're not talking about them. The one no. band that I, and, and this could be my own ignorance, and I don't even know if you're that familiar with them. Pat might be because, you know, Pat's a pitchfork reader. Um, mm-hmm. That band, The Armed. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I don't, I okay. mean, like, I think I listened to it once and I was like, I'm cool. But, like, people that I, whose, whose opinions I respect think it's, like, the greatest thing ever. But I don't, I think it's hardcore in vibe more than sound. But oh, I, could be oh I, I got one. The, the Armed, Show Me the Body. The, the, these are acts that Okay, uh, there you go. That's the edge. Yeah, right. Show me the body. But as we've discussed, we have we have mutuals who will be like, no, show me the body's the most exciting and best hardcore band going right now. Oh yeah, for sure. There's a number of people that feel like they are pioneering something. You know what I mean? And I mean, perhaps you know what I mean. I I don't know what the future holds, but I, I uh, to me that's like maybe on the outer. Yeah, I would consider that the outer fringe. But I also, and I, I, I think I would too. And Tom, great identification. But but here's the thing. I am really hesitant to describe drug church as anything but the outer fringe. Do you know well, what I mean? I think I think. Yo, here's the thing. There was a long time, and I, it's you know we put you in an unfair position to discuss this sometimes, but you roll with it, so appreciate it. I think there was a time where it was like very clear that drug church was on the outer fringe in in terms of hardcore, but it doesn't feel like you've moved towards hardcore rather hardcore has moved towards you. Okay. That's, that is a thesis that I can uh, support with data. <laughs> so so Correct. Yes. Uh, um, I would say that uh, at least a third of the people attending our shows are dyed in the wool hardcore kids wherein uh you know, uh, be all end all shirts. You know, well, and, and I think here's my thing. I think that what a hardcore kid is, and it always changes. You know, like, look, if you took a kid, uh, if you took a, a fucking skin rolling out of CBGBs in '85, he fell into a time vortex and was dropped on the sidewalk outside CBs in '93. He'd look around, and go, "Who the hell are these kids? Oh, they're hardcore kids." Nah, they ain't. Yeah. Fast forward, uh, same course, thing. Sure. Seven years, same thing. Fast forward, seven years, same thing. Um. So, I think 
Yes, hello out there, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! That is kind of like where my thesis begins, and um, I think we're going to see it prove itself out in the sound. I think we're seeing a lot of varied sounds, even in subgenres like you guys can speak to this more than me, but from what I see on the more metallic side, on the more metallic hardcore and metalcore side, there is the like, um, you know, blooming of all different types of flowers effect. There's all different types of bands going for different styles, and there's some commingling and intermixing, but it's all gravy. You know what I mean? Uh, it doesn't seem like anybody's who like. Well, I, I like Dying Wish, but, you know, F, uh, wrist meets razor or like, but not loose. Ugh, yuck. You know what I mean? Um, it seems like there's a real openness. And then on the more, the less metallic stuff, it's, it's ranging from way more melodic to almost what, what would have felt like, like that Tom that we've discussed, the like far side game face, uh, indie alt for right. hardcore kids world. <laughs> But that's right. now almost like those bands hardcore. play just straight up. Yeah, right. Right. Like that was for like Sensefield was for like Pearl Jam for hardcore kids because you couldn't yeah. wear a Pearl Jam shirt to a fucking, you know, a Madball show. Yeah. But like you, but you can, can get, get away, away with, with Sensefield because it's got a, the Rev Star, so you're cool. Yeah. But yeah, like now that's kidding. like that's a center line. Yes. Yes. And I think we're seeing a lot of bands who dwell. I, I mean, Friend, friend of the podcast and a label we all think is pretty cool. NMZ, look at his catalog. He's yeah, Nick. Nick's doing a lot of really cool stuff and a lot of diverse stuff. And I would, I would hesitate to call any of his stuff not hardcore. But very but few, of, very little of it is in the middle of hard, like yeah, you know, hardcore. Like, yeah. yeah, like end on end, 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 end on end, end, end on end is yeah. super. Like that's there's his fast hardcore like fastball but then you know what's the uh the new thing he did a sky so black is that one that's one of the new ones yeah um, he, Prize Wars, out, you know? yeah he puts out a lot of stuff yeah, i yell at Prize him Wars. i go i can't keep up <laughs> but there's a lot of different things going on and i think we're kind of seeing that so yeah. um that was based on this conversation i had with a friend and i i thought uh, it, it kind of it was one of those conversations that stuck in my my gnaw because i couldn't i couldn't unthink it i was like yeah maybe we we were wrong not in that you know there wouldn't be more melodic stuff blah, 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 but more that hard, the hardcore adjacent it was a separate thing but it was the next evolution of where all this is going and i would i certainly wouldn't have predicted that and maybe maybe i'm wrong right now but I kind of don't think I am. And I think we're going to see more of this. Like we're more likely. All right. Question for both of you. 
are we more likely to see bands who want to sound like drug church over the next three years or see a rebirth of bands who want to sound like the early rev capital in the next three years? Drug church. Uh, it, here, it, here's the only reason I'm, I'm hesitant to say that is because you're the singer of drug church. Yeah. Oh, it's humility, you know. No, it's not just that. It, it's also, uh, Bob, here's uh, now past, as they say, we've talked about this in, in finance, uh, past performance, no uh, ind- indicator of future results. But mm-hmm. um, so, you know, I, I hate to bring up like a, it's just what you sound like to a degree is if somebody was really excited about quicksand, orange nine, that scene or saying this is then, the next, no good point so because so what happened right after that was uh rebirth of hardcore pride and let me just be clear that got an entire wave of kids into hardcore including me that, that's what i'm saying like going back to it, it often goes back to base now here's the real question to me is what is going back to base obviously base changes just slightly with every generation so right. is any is anybody going to go back to negative approach? They barely do now. You know well, I mean? they barely do now. But but here's the one thing I'll say. Um, and shout out to the big takeover. We're seeing that. There's um, a big punk festival out in L.A. There's, uh, oh, man, uh, the big punk festival in Philly that I'm excited to go to. There's been a huge resurgence in the punk hardcore side of things, you know, Um I think we're we're gonna see. You know, we've we've talked a little bit about some of the stuff you see out there. Um, I'm real stoked on the new Ammo LP. Everybody should check that out. Um, new Jersey band <laughs> who I think is just awesome. But like, there's been a big rise on that. We see it in some of the bands who are catching energy right now. Gel and Spy are doing really well, mm-hmm. and like a lot of bands. But that stuff's been doing well, and kind of is branching it into its own world. Obviously, the more metallic stuff, like like thrash metal style, enforce we big up. Gatecreepers doing their thing; they're doing really well. We're seeing all that stuff, kind of like black shirt stuff is doing fine. But I'm talking about the lighter shades of the spectrum. The gray T-shirt might be retired because right now it's been replaced with with you know pastels. You know, I'm I'm going to develop my my hypothesis on black t-shirts development because okay. it's not it's not fully formed but the way that you, you mentioning spy and gel and uh, so i watched a gel set the other day uh on probably hate five six and the, the uh so i was watching that and i was thinking oh this band has like proper punk riffs you, you know what i mean like not necessarily hardcore riffs there's some proper punk riffing in here right yep and yep. and and then I thought about because obviously uh, scowl is a big thing right now, right? People want yeah. and people and people want my opinion on stuff, which is always a setup. It, it, people, I know what you're asking me when you ask me about what's popping. You know, what I mean, you want you want me to say, nah, that's not popping. <laughs> you know Don't I mean? mind like, me just watching. Yeah, 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 like you, I, I, I know where you're coming from. You want you want me to to, to see to low hate on something, but. I watched a, I haven't seen Scout live, but I watched this. I watched a, a, a video of a couple songs and I was thinking the same thing about that band. Oh, that band has got some proper punk riffs. Now it's a slightly different thing. They're going for like, you know, whatever, like a, 
like the, the same material that ceremony ends up mining. You know what I mean? California. They, stuff, they have some of that. They also do some like uh, like uh, skank part mosh. Yeah, oh, no, for sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But but and this is I could be totally wrong about this. I expect that to minimize over over the next record. Does hmm. uh, you know? Hmm. I mean, like hmm. I could be wrong. I'm, I don't write the records for them, but but I think that their their California stuff really works, and the mosh stuff is is uh, mosh stuff. You know what I'm saying? So. Yeah. so so I don't, don't lose your don't lose your hypothesis, but pin in the idea of an episode where we do projections and futures on what we think bands next record should sound like. It's not nothing but our our pure weirdo speculation. Continue. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> so, so I think, and, and Spy is another good example, right? Spy certainly has some fucking punk riffs. Maybe maybe more yes. than the other two bands, they have. Uh, like like the grimy punk riff you know what i mean like yeah, and and yeah. So, so whatever the point is grime punk the, into stomp punk yeah yes but the point is that i in the same way that maybe on a timeline uh this uh, like like things sort of gravitate towards the post-hardcore or alt or, or melodic hardcore whatever that thing is that we're talking about i think even kind of the um the black shirt bands are in my view highly melodic they have highly melodic underpinnings that i think that they are going to pursue in a similar fashion so i think that even black shirt is going to become you know heather <laughs> heather, heather gray shirt uh over the next oh, yeah. few years so it's and listen maybe i'm wrong maybe these bands all get harder over time that's possible i'm i'm game for anything but I just think that uh, even the punk stuff that we're talking about, I think that stuff might be on a trajectory towards, for lack of a better word, is is immediately likable. Okay, like what? What? How do? What do we want to call that? What, 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 I what mean, do we want to call? I want to. I mean, I actually want to give shout out to Gel because I think on that last EP they did, Violent Closure, they achieved something that's really tough as a fast hardcore punk band who's pretty hard and has like punk underpinnings, but then like stompier mosh stuff. They have catchy parts. They have parts that you could use a snippet of, you know, like I saw some skate video that had just a snippet of a gel song, like an Instagram thing. And it used a gel song. And I'm like, yo, this works. This is cool. It sounds cool. You use the word instantly likable. I think that's right. And like, <clears throat> that is the few and far between, which I don't think that's a demarcation of bad. That's actually this like high water mark for fast hardcore. You know, like well, if you're a poppy or melodic band, catchy stuff. We, I, I think you said it a few episodes ago, and I've, I've kind of appreciated it. Writing a catchy chorus, you know, is one of the hardest things you can do. Well, a hundred percent. But here, here's what I'm. I guess I'm driving at. Like, and Tom, I'm going to speak for you, but you, sure. maybe you don't fall. Maybe you don't fall into this. I yeah. think to Tom and I, this is Hank Wood slash Warthog sort of world, right? And yes. yep. I, I, I just don't. I don't expect Warthog to be to like become immediately likable. 
but the 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 younger crop of bands, I kind of think are going to, I and this is just listen to those bands that are listening to this that some one of your friends told you hey they're talking about you whatever. Let me just be clear, I don't write your music fucking for you. I'm just telling you that the parts of your songs that work best for me are the parts that are like proper fun punk parts. And if I were you, I would write those parts bigger every song. So, but I don't write your music, so make yourself happy. But, the, the, uh, but what I'm saying is, I I think that that stuff, in my view, I think that even that stuff is going to go likable, which sounds like a fucking insult when you're when you are like trying to be the black shirt punk band, and I'm like, yeah. They're all going to be likable. It probably sounds like I'm like shitting on them in some way, but I'm not. I think that those are like, you know, like I'm the guy that thinks that the mid period ceremony stuff is actually brilliant. You know what I mean? Like I, I'll take it over the uh, uh, over the uh, power violence inspired stuff any day. So like I'm not, and I bet. And here's my premise. Actually, let me put it in a nutshell. I bet moving forward, forget bands wanting to sound like Drug Church or something like that. I think moving forward mid-period ceremony is going to mean a lot more to people than early ceremony. Does that sound viable oh. as, as a hypothesis to you? I mean, I think you've got a bigger idea in there and you, you kind of checked yourself a bit, but I, where, and I think you should, maybe we're going to have to ask you to come back to the, your, your bigger black shirt hypothesis, if it's today or, or next episode. No, I, I think people, Am I wrong in saying that like there are people who love the ceremony early material, but it's almost a point of like the ferociousness, the rawness. And then if you were there live, it was that crazy that it's like, damn. And it was infectious live. Um, well, well they're mid period. They clearly just got, they just got better chops and we're synthesizing classic punk tunes with some of that more up tempo and like, teeth of of uh of the time you know but but that material i now ceremony we forget is a long-lived band so like they actually have seen at least two generations of hardcore kids right i, and, I mean and, maybe closer to four you know and, and and what i'm saying is i just think that the influence moving forward is going to be zoo do, do you know what i mean i think that's going to be the influence on younger bands, uh, it, it, much more so than. But look, but look, like this is also a natural progression. How many actual alt bands, died in the wool alt bands, started as hardcore leaning material? You know what I mean? Oh, a lot, a lot. And that was... because when you're young, you can jump into hardcore. There's a scene for it. There's this is what you're around all the time, and you have to as an adult now i'm getting heavy as an adult you almost have to make a conscious decision to play hardcore whereas when you're young it could be just what you're around and in you know tom what yeah. are your thoughts on the first wave like first wave hardcore bands we always talk you know negative approach yeah minor threat ba ba ba. what they all did then after that is always interesting to me, but like clearly, I like the fir- their bands before that more. But where they went after that, you see, Husker Du 
their hardcore stuff is good, but then they go and, and continue progressing and they're in a different world. Uh, you get Fugazi, you get Laughing Hyenas, you get all this stuff. And, and you know, you get Dinosaur Jr., all that stuff. They didn't consider their next projects hardcore per se, but some did. You know, like I think, I think Ian McKay would say that Fugazi was clearly a hardcore band. And I, I wouldn't argue with him. Um, is that sort of akin to what we're seeing sonically in terms of the range where it's like, hey, if we walk like a duck and talk like a duck, but we have a different haircut and, you know, we're, we're now fluorescent pink, are we still a duck? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a fucking million dollar question. Right, right. There's bands that it's like, I just read like an interview with, um, I mean, all right, I mean, I'll put it out there. I'm not trying to be mean. Kill Switch Engage. Yes. Like, really like the dudes in the band. Uh, I quite like the band. Yeah. I read an interview with the guy and he was just like, you know, no matter what we do, we're always a hardcore band. Uh, citation needed my friend but you know like to them to he to him he's a fucking hardcore kid in a a band band. like he's like he's going about it as if they were still playing like you know like whatever the fucking you know lupo is a fucking the met whatever you know what i mean in rhode island sure meanwhile they're like a a, almost near like arena level but like to him he's still like a hard they're a hardcore band that just happened to get big so Tom, not to make everything about me, but like, th- this is why I'm like super reticent to have that whole, like, like to talk about drug churches, though it's a hardcore band, even a very fringy hardcore band. Uh, I've, I've usually, I've usually kind of demurred from that and said like alt band or whatever. It's yeah, but you're not an alt band. I listen. The vibe, all right, Pat, I'm going to tell you as an outsider. Okay. The vibe that you bring to the those shows are as punk or as hardcore as any show I've ever seen, and I've got I like alt. Bob Mould isn't being like you with the big shoulders. You're gonna have to you know you're gonna have to be the person that people are landing on from stage dives. Okay, that that's all true. Like all the alt bands that I like, they're not like kind of and you know being like. Have the best night of your life. Like you're like Andrew WK yeah. for hardcore. And and by the way, stage diving at drug church shows, mixed mixed quality level. We'll say that. Yeah, definitely. Oh. No doubt about that. Here's the thing: at an alt show, you guys know that one. I think it's is it alive the Pearl Jam video? I don't or is it? It's one of the Pearl Jam videos where Eddie Vedder even on the side even flow. Thank you, Tom. That's the Eddie Vedder stage dive, and it's like he just like falls, you know. It's yeah. not even a dive; yeah. it's just a. It's not. Yeah. It's a trust fall. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, that's that's stage alt alt show stage dive. Person jumps on the stage, does the hands waving like "Hey, catch me, catch me!" Yeah, and then yeah. jumping. You don't get that. You've got full fledged stage divers. That's a little check on the hardcore box. You know what I mean? Sure, but. Sure, but here here's my point: is Randy from Lamb of God has the same line that the guy from Killswitch has got, and I respect both these men, even if I don't listen to their bands at all. Seem like cool dudes, whatever. I'm just saying that 
I am always hesitant to because you it's easy to it's easy to come off a, like when you are not playing hardcore music but you are talking about hardcore like and you're talking about you playing hardcore music you can come off away unintentionally but and, what to so someone like Randy or someone like Jesse right from mm-hmm. what benefit are they getting out of it by like tethering themselves to hardcore so Tom I, this is not to make a comparison that perhaps those gentlemen would find unflattering, but I've never seen anybody more insecure about their punk bona fides than fucking uh, Billy Joe Armstrong. Never in my life. That man is from the dirt. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that man, he, he doesn't, he, to me, he shouldn't have to prove himself to anybody. He's right? Yeah. But, but, but he, I think because of the scene that he came from specifically and some of the anxieties, the anxieties that they got over there, that he has been trying to prove that he's a punk while playing stadiums with the bottled water. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Like it's different. (laughs) So, but he's hung up on it and I'm not, I don't know Jesse and I don't know Randy. I'm just saying that there is like for a lot of people maintaining your roots is an unhealthy fixation when you could just say, I really love hardcore music. <laughs> you know I mean? Like, like you, you could just say like, yeah, like you don't yeah. gotta do, you don't gotta do the whole thing. You can just say like, like, and you know, if somebody presses you, like if an interviewer presses you on these things, you can always just say, I mean, I, I'm not the one to say, cause I'm not watching myself, but I would have to imagine that stuff has a real impact on my performance and how I, view my relationship with the audience that stuff is all that's a way of saying the same thing without coming off away does that make sense yeah yeah but i did yeah well, to the, yeah you're right about the whole like yeah billy joe Armstrong being like oh dude you were there you were a gilman from the yo, it, 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 yeah he you open the door like, yeah. yeah so i actually have two things but the one i want to save towards the end but the other being exactly what you're saying like the I just really like hardcore music. Um, or I consider myself a hardcore kid. Yes. Yeah, okay. Say all okay. That. Yes. Okay. Well, oh, okay. I think those are two different things, though. Yeah. No, that's true. And, that's and true. And I think, I think that's been a big change that we're starting to see. And I don't say this in a negative way. I think, I think it's interesting. You know, as a wise man once said, I used to think of labels as symbols of pride, yada, yada, yada. Um, <laughs> we are seeing yada, yada, people, the best part. I know. Uh-huh. <laughs> yada, yada. I, I mentioned the best. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Seinfeld, thank you. By the way, Seinfeld in the hotel room. Another nice choice. Um, Always. So, I believe with the broadening and to be honest, there might be people who see identifying as anything as being mm, not cringy, but it's maybe gauche. cringy. It's yeah, gauche. It's Thank it's you. Passe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Passe. There we go. And that can get hardcore into some trouble because the ideology and just labeling like, well, this is hardcore, not that. Yo, like, this is Boston, not LA. It's 
the statement of that was a declaration, hey, this is us and this is our own sound. Not that. Not the Golden Voice Punk. Not that. We're this. That flag planting has been really important in hardcore. Without it, another big question, guys. Is hardcore just the minor leagues for big room metal, big room alt festival stages? And I say this because it only hasn't been in the past because of self-declaration. Am I right or wrong? Uh, Okay. So (laughs) I'm... I'm I'm going to say no uh, with a couple of caveats. The, the, I think no. Uh, and I can compare this to comic books. There is a person who is very obviously angling for a specific type of career in comic books. Uh, big two work, et cetera, right? Marvel DC. Sure. Yeah. And even their indie work seems to be on that pathway. Sure. And, and their indie work can be seen as Oh, this is like the the band that is waiting for the for, you know for, for the tap on the shoulder, you know. Uh, but then there are also people who spend their entire career pursuing just exactly the type of indie work that they want, and with no expectations and or no 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 uh, no no plan for that other thing, and. That person persists. And obviously in hardcore, I think it also persists. However, I will say that on a long enough timeline, yes, mo- most bands that I've met in hardcore music would like to graduate to at least a bigger stage. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean a different type of music. That doesn't necessarily mean that they want to shed all their fans, whatever the fuck. It's just... Right. If you do something, there's lines. You so, yeah. If you do something long enough, also like, <clears throat> listen, <clears throat> there's bands that I know who I guess you could say were punk or hardcore bands in some respect, and when they break up, the members go, "Yeah, I'm done," and you go, "You don't want to do it anymore," and they go, "I can't start at zero. You know what I mean? And that seems cr- if you're listening to this and you're 23, and you, that sounds stupid as fuck to you. <laughs> You know what I mean? It, it sounds dumb. It <laughs> but but if you are like 35 plus and the idea of going back to the VFW is a turnoff, well, listen, I'll, I'm sure I'll play VFW again in the not distant future. So I'm not oh, yeah. I'm not I'm not on your side, but I am I I I can understand, right? That's not me, but I can understand. And I think that this type of like uh, this, uh, what do you call it? mission creep? You know what I mean? The mission started as, as we're a punk band. We're, we're going to play punk music and it's not going to go anywhere. And it's fun and it's fulfilling. And then you've done it for four years. Now you'd kind of like to be invited to the bigger shows. You feel like you kind of deserve it. You're better than the other bands locally. Why the fuck wouldn't you get invited? Oh, now you get invited to those shows. You do a little regional touring, you know, our regional tours are pretty successful. I don't see why we're not getting invited to the festival. You know what I mean? Like, well, okay. well, but it's different, too. I want to say this. Mm. 
let me give a comparison point. Patrick, when you were in high school doing dance, were there people who were completely removed from hardcore doing aggressive guitar bands? Yes. What were their aims and goals? Pantera. And there, which which you've also self-admitted that members of your band were kind of like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. But but you, your goal was to play like hardcore shows, right? Yes. But but, Bob, you're you're raising a question that is like, I'd I'd be interested to hear Tom's on this because he started a band in high school. Uh, is you're you're talking about something that it's almost impossible to i mean i it is literally impossible for me as a person with no uh, 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 objectivity on this but is that just because that was the the scope of my ambition well that's or, there that's the perfect question tom with indecision was your goal with Indecision ever? You love U2. Was your goal with Indecision ever to be like, man, it'd be nice to do a U2 tour? No, no, we had none. <laughs> we had no, no ideas. No, and and your goal was probably like, yeah, if we went and did a tour, it'd be cool. Like, hey, if Madball asked to go, us to go on tour, that'd be awesome. Right, or to be like, to play with our heroes, or like put out right. a seven inch, or like play outside of Brooklyn. <laughs> you know, like right. we had and, very and, and, small. And, you know, like hardcore perhaps and like I, I'm I'm saying this is all part of the larger ball of wax. There was a self-limiting idea to it in in so much as saying that hardcore is enough. Being a part of this thing is enough. However, I think, you know, and, and you you identified it sometimes ambitions grow and it's okay. Like Yo, by Most Precious Blood, and Tom, certainly after you were out of Most Precious Blood, like, if those dudes were like, yo, Linkin Park just asked us to go on tour, they probably are going, fuck yeah, right? Oh, I mean, dude, they did, yeah, I mean, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, when they they were like, Gravedigger asked us for a new sound, so, like a song when they come out and crush cars. Um, <laughs> right, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, I mean, they did, you know. We did Andrew WK tours. They did like AFI tours and Rise Against tours. And, you know, that's cool. But it was all coming from hardcore. Right. Now, now that's when it's like the question being, um, and it's, it's just, it's just something to think about more. So is the idea of like, and it's, it's hard because like, we also say this, like, yo, Turnstile, I, I legitimately think Turnstile, has the potential to be one of the biggest guitar bands in the world period just crossed a million monthly listeners yo is that close to you know ed sheeran numbers not even close come on what are we talking about but on the like on the scale of hardcore that's crazy yeah and i mean i'm all for it and i'm excited for those folks and i'm excited for what they've done and i'm a fan of the band i think the record's great but I also wonder how that attunes and lines up with ambitions of younger people and how that framing of this weird subculture that's been around for 40 plus now <clears throat> continues to evolve at the same time. Do you think, it's, do you think it's, yeah, do you think it like skews people's, um, you know, it makes them go like, we could do that. 
Like while you know, like Pacabi and indecision, that was not a thing. Like sick of it all was like the biggest thing you could ever, 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 ever imagine in hardcore. That's that, right. that's ex- that's exactly right. <laughs> what I like you're not gonna do like sick of it all. Being sick of it all is more right? t- t- you know? sick of it all is more attainable than Turnstile is attainable in 2022. No question. Yeah, although 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 Tom, when I was a kid and I saw sick of it all. I don't know if I really thought that I could do exactly. No, I no, I could, definitely I thought, not. I, I thought I could do the local version of it, maybe. Yeah, no, but, I mean, of course. So do you see what I mean? Is that the idea of the, like, there's a self-limiting element there that's almost like, yo, it's the rejection of these things, X, Y, and Z, but it also means your 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 ceiling is only X, but you're like, yo, both of you would have been outrageously excited to have the ceiling of sick of it all 1995 like you'd oh, be like yeah. incredible you know Fuck yeah but now yeah, you're that, right like the ceiling of turnstile is pretty goddamn crazy yeah and I, maybe we talked about it on the expectations episode where uh, i don't know if i mentioned it but uh, uh faith no more fascinating to see that they never wanted to be a big band and they just became a big band <laughs> do you know what i'm saying like that's Yep. Turnstile feels the same way to me. Now we can look at Turnstile and say those are uh, uh, so, sort of abnormally focused individuals who who are very good at a thing, you know. And who who, who let's also put it worked hard at a thing for a, over a decade, for sure. But but I don't know if you would ever look at them and go, yeah, they had uh, they had Rio on their minds. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? they, right, like, like the the kid from turns the from trapped under ice, the drum from trapped under ice. He, he, I know why he's starting his band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. it's to, it's to right, play right, right. a major stadium in Rio. But while right. that was like a spoken thing, like bands that are huge now or have been huge in the last fifteen years that like started in hardcore, like they were very clear about like what their intentions were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like certain band from Chicago that are incredibly 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 popular um your mom everyone's mom will know the bassist probably um sure but like we would play with pretty much that band as a when they were a hardcore band Mm -hmm. and like they were like yeah we're just gonna like start this band for like you know try to make money and like you know find girlfriends and stuff yep and it was like really i mean i remember like i don't know like pat might be old enough like I remember, like, wait a minute. Are you telling me that Chad is leaving Shai Halud to be in a pop punk band? The fuck is wrong with this kid? It seemed remarkable to me. He had, like, a real voice, too. You know what I mean? Uh, We're like, what is wrong with this dude? He's got it made. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Actually, that was to play bass in a pop punk band. Right. Yes. No, that was that's actually a very funny like example. Guitar, that, I'm sorry. Do you remember that though? Like, I remember being like, "Dude, what do you do?" Because we, I met him. We, we played their first show with him singing in Miami, yeah. and he was in eighth grade. And I'm like, "This kid's voice is insane." And like a couple years later, I'm like, "You're leaving Shy Hulud for something called a newfound glory." Like, what are we doing here, buddy? Like, do you realize how gr- good you have it with Shy Hulud? Because Shy Hulud was killing it. Yes, they were. Listen, but like, yeah. it's 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 funny how little vision you and i have <laughs> oh dude if i was like i always think like the times that i've been like you know i would have t- pulled p- chat aside and been like what are you doing what are you, yeah. you, you you're ruining your life i a friend of mine 
a friend of mine that some of you guys probably know, like was kind of involved in signing Taking Back Sunday. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I remember being like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, what? Uh, I think it'll be good. I'm like, this band is fucking terrible. I had the actual opposite. I had the opposite experience where I advised a friend to sign to Victory because all of my favorite bands were on Victory. You know what I mean? But I yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I, my I friend, like, oh, I was like, "This dude, you got to put your neck on the line for this band." Like, it, the demo wasn't that great. Then they became fucking incredible. But like, at the time, I was like, "This ain't gonna go anywhere." Yeah, like that's know. why don't yeah don't sign with my my management company, my record company because <laughs> I don't I like what I like and I go this is garbage and then. Yeah, I remember being like, dude, what are you doing? Or even like the dude Joe. I mean, I was talking about Fall Out Boy before, but like, and I was like, that sounds, then in my head, I'm like, that sounds ridiculous. Meanwhile, I should have been like, you want me to carry something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Remember, remember me. Remember me, please. Uh, And uh, you know, quite honestly, and this is totally not a fucking whatever, but like, and they do. I mean, not with money. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I see them 20 years later and they're still like, hey, hardcore. You know, like they know, like they're still, in their hardcore kind of bag. Yeah, I, I which mean, is listen, there's dudes like famously, Davy Havoc is, is still very much likes what he likes. Yeah, you know what I oh, mean. Yeah. It's, uh, there's there's fellows that have uh, kind of entered the different uh, part of uh, musical life. Uh, and, yeah, but there's like a cutoff that you're like, if you join their lives after a certain point, they look at you a certain way. Oh, well, that's a fact. But if you jumped uh, on the band, that's why me and Bob are trying to get on that drug church bandwagon early. <laughs> so like 10 oh. years from now, they'd be like those fellas, like when I'm trying to retire and you're like, yo, I'll hit you off with a mill. Let me pay off the school loans for you. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I feel. That's what I'm waiting for. Uh, I think maybe I told you fellas, I got my first email about a white paper. I, I, I I'm really Ooh. excited. I'm really excited to enter the stage of life where like, people that are successful are fans of my bands that's that's really nice so what is, uh, what, what'd you get an email about white paper a white paper uh, so it's it's a, a simplification of a uh, of a usual tech usually a tech idea it doesn't have to be a tech idea but usually a tech idea white paper is like the hey here's the synopsis that we could show to an investor or an executive or anybody who doesn't have technical yeah. knowledge uh, of the thing we're talking about oh, okay in an, effort, just, yeah. in an effort to make them understand but it's basically, it's like if you were, like, for example, this is not what happened to me, but like, for example, when the age drug guy, whatever the fuck his name is, like when he approached uh, uh, Jeff Rickley or, uh, you, you know what I mean? Like it was on- Martin Shkreli, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Martin Shkreli, thank you. When it was on, that was on some like, hey, I became successful and I just really still like your band sort of shit. Like now- that one maybe didn't go the way that. No, no, that didn't go well at all. <laughs> but but you get the point. <laughs> the point is that that uh, you know, like it's rich it's people cool. like your band now is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that. My, or yeah, people, it's no, cool. Like people that are becoming rich, <laughs> right? Like, uh, you know, like like that's that's a cool thing. Um, you know, I think I think PK has to get to his gig. Uh, before we go. A uh, big shout out to Red Planet Blues, your new uh, comic. Looks like it's funded, but people should look it up. Uh, Red Planet Blues. Who's the artist on it? Al Gofa. Gofa. Al Go. Al Gofa. Everybody, go to the Kickstarter. Red Planet Blues. Uh, it is. 
if you like my comic work at all, or if you have any interest in just the way that I write, it's a, it, you'll enjoy it. Uh, the cartooning is awesome. just really, really sharp, just really on point. And uh, that is, uh, this is Bob doing me the favor of, of cross promoting the thing that I mm. definitely would have forgotten. Uh, the, mm. The thing is, uh, the book is funded, but we set a very low funding goal because we're just treating it like a pre-order. So just get your pre-order in now. You'll get it in a few months. I like that. And then when we're back on, like when everyone's on uh, microphones, um, me and Pat are playing the same show in September. Oh, Oh, right. I would love to talk about that and kind of give some background. Um, Maybe we... Book Axe to Grind. Let's go. They want to. So if you're listening and you want Axe to Grind to like we've we've got a very, very a buddy of mine that's like sort of involved was like, you guys should come down and just do like, you know, you and Pat are already gonna be there. I am more than happy to do a live, you know, we just gotta get Bob down to Birmingham, Alabama. Let's do it. Um, Give me some boiled peanuts. Let's go. And um yeah, and then you uh are we putting this up this coming Tuesday? Yeah. Uh, barring any uh, editing problems, uh, yes. All right. This one might have to. This one might have to go to Andrew, though. This is. This, this might be some heavy lifting. We'll find out. Um, just keep an eye out on the uh, GoFundMe for Homeboy from Downpresser. Oh, shout out to Dan Weinrob. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That person. So terrible story. Yeah. Hopefully, you know, j- just and married. And, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, uh, to speak to all of that, a part that everybody needs to remember. A thing that could happen to anybody. That part, like for those of you that care about how somebody gets hurt, a thing that could happen to anybody. So you got to keep that in mind. Like if you're the sort of person, and I just this is for our listeners that are more judgmental. If you're the sort of person that writes people off because you think they get themselves in trouble or whatever, you don't want to fucking contribute to them. This could happen to anybody. So bear that in mind. Give what you can. Shout out to Dan, who's uh, not just a good person but a, a, a great person. Um, support them uh everybody thank you uh enjoy the pit reports let's go hello this is matt um calling about the boston show featuring drug church one step closer lurk soul blind and pile of love um it is a couple of weeks in the past now um i just made a note to make sure i called in uh, just to say that uh, pile of love was pretty dope uh they covered guided by voices um i think it's a couple of dudes from drug church and then a couple of other folks that have been involved in a bunch of different things they were telling me i don't recall the whole story um but uh kind of like if the this is odd but kind of like if the juliana theory like did a push-up or two i don't know like definitely some more meat to it um but also the dude could sing a little um and my wife courtney agrees uh so yeah the rest of the show you already know lurk good soul blind fucking great one step closer fucking great and drug church you know that's the tour right um although one step closer they're bringing it they're bringing it that's all i'll say but um besides that check it if it's still going on if not thanks for uh having me so long guys what's up axe to grind enjoyers it's jim from ohio sending in a pit report 
last night I went and saw the uh, Knock Loose Movements Kublai Khan and Koyo package uh, at the the Athenaeum in, in Columbus, Ohio. Really cool room. It was my first time being there. I, it's, have it have it pegged at about a 1200 cap uh it's a super old school uh theater uh, kind of ballroom deal with really good uh really good acoustics and some uh some theater seating for for old heads like me to rest our feet and uh it was it was it really knocked it really knocked me on my ass the entire thing uh it was my first time seeing koyo long awaited um this band you you gotta you gotta check them out if you haven't yet. They are absolutely bringing it live. They played uh, the two new songs that they dropped recently, a couple songs uh, off each EP. Um, band just moves on stage, uh, super dynamic. Joey is just very clearly on the warpath. <laughs> he was uh, was shirtless most of the time and just really really going off, having a great time. And, and people really uh, people really popped for them. So it's nice seeing them uh seeing them really get their flowers i've been riding hard from koyo uh from from jump so uh, i think that they're gonna be really big uh after this tour um as if they aren't already uh next was kubla khan from texas uh, my second time seeing them i saw them open for despised icon uh back in 2019 and really 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 impressive they're if you haven't heard them, they're like playing a pretty unique kind of you know, slammy, thuddy metalcore. Uh, super fun, kept the crowd really engaged. Uh, really kind of minimal setup, and they had really cool like uh, neon, <laughs> little neon signs of two Ks on the stage with that with a nice touch. Uh, really, really fun. Uh, next up was movements. They, uh, it's it's nice. It's with a nice bill because they kind of split the difference between like really heavy metalcore and kind of you know more uh, turn of the millennium style like emo pop punk stuff, uh, which is kind of obviously the category that Koyo falls into. Movements definitely felt like a um, a revival of the sort of Tumblr emo pop punk stuff that was happening in the uh, in the like early twenty teens. Uh, they were really, really well received. Very obviously, have a really, really good, uh, really solid following. Uh, they did a really like touching dedication to one of their uh, one of their fans from Columbus who had, had passed away recently, and so uh, it's a somber moment to <laughs> to punctuate the night. But honestly, they had one of the best uh, crowd responses all night. So shout out, shout out, movements. Um, and then obviously, like, there's not much to say that hasn't already been said about Knock Loose. They're the the best band in the biz right now. If you're if you're into, you know, uh, very heavy metalcore, my, one of my buddies that I was there with uh, turned to me <laughs> at one point, just like, "And these guys are basically just the heaviest band." And I was like, "Yeah, it's it's kind of accurate." Um, they're they've really leveled up their stage show on this tour. Um, and they have a really like cool sort of backdrop, and they're doing a, a thing that is, from where I said, a page out of Slipknot's book, where they're actually like they have the you know the LED screens 
playing different, you know, cool footage in the background, and they particularly kicked that up for like the uh, the material off their newest EP. First time hearing the material off that um, tearing the fabric of life EP live, and man, it was really impressive. Uh, the band knows how to put together a set list, and they know how to keep the crowd engaged. Isaac is um, a second only to Scott Vogel, I think, in terms of being a, an effective mosh call guy. And uh, the, the crowd had one of the biggest pits open in it the entire time. And um, I think that if you have tickets to this to any date of this tour i would say go like don't do what a lot of people have been doing and like sit it out if you can afford not to like definitely check this out i know that most of these dates are sold out but um i highly recommend checking this out this is one of the most impressive things i've seen in a really long time with without further ado i'll sign off but uh keep keep listening to hardcore much love Hello, this is Matt um, calling about the Boston show featuring Drug Church, One Step Closer, Lurk, Soul Blind, and Pile of Love. Um, it is a couple of weeks in the past now. Um, I just made a note to make sure I called in uh, just to say that uh, Pile of Love was pretty dope. Uh, they covered Guided by Voices. Um, I think it's a couple of dudes from Drug Church and then a couple of other folks that have been involved in a bunch of different things. They were telling me, I don't recall the whole story, um, but uh, kind of like if the, this is odd, but kind of like if the Juliana theory like did a push up or two, I don't know, like definitely some more meat to it. Um, but also the dude could sing a little um, and my wife Courtney agrees uh, so yeah the rest of the show you already know lurk good soul blind fucking great one step closer fucking great and drug church you know that's the tour right um, although one step closer they're bringing it they're bringing it that's all I'll say but um, besides that check it if it's still going on if not thanks for uh having me so long guys